jackal and the ward in a certain region was a jackal whose throat was pinched by hunger while wandering in search of food he came upon a king's battleground in the midst of forest and as he lingered a moment there he heard a great sound this sound troubled his heart exceedingly so that he fell into deep dejection and said ah me disaster is upon me i'm as good as dead already who made that sound what kind of creature but on peering about he spied a wardrum that loomed like a mountain peak and he thought was that sound its natural voice or was it induced from without now when the drum was struck by the tip of grass in the wind it made the sound but was dumb at other times so he recognized its helplessness and crept quite near indeed his curiosity led him to strike it himself on both hands he became gleeful at the thought aha after long waiting food comes in for this is sure to be stuffed with meat and fat having come to this conclusion he picked a spot gnawed a hole and crept in and through the leather covering was tough and though the leather covering was tough still he had the luck not to break his teeth but he was disappointed to find it pure wooden skin and recited stanza its voice was fierce i thought it stuffed with fat so crept within and there i did not find a thing except some wood and skin so he backed out laughing to himself and said i thought at first it was full of fat and the rest of it and that is why i say that one should not be troubled by mere sound but said rusty these retainers of mine are terrified and wish to run away so how am i to reinforce my resolution and victor answered master they are not to blame for servants take after the master you know the proverb in case of horse or book or shoad or woman man or lute or word the use or uselessness depends on qualities the user lends then summon your manhood and remain on this spot until i return having ascertained the nature of creature then act as seems proper what said rusty are you plucky enough to go there and victor answered when the master commands is there any difference between possible and impossible to a good servant as the proverb says good servants when their lords command behold no fear on any hand cross pathless seas if he desire or gladly enter flaming fire the servant whose lord commanding should strive to reach an understanding on labors hard or easy he king's counselor should never be if you feel so my dear fellow said rusty then go blessed be your journeyings so victor bowed low and set out in the direction of the sound made by lively and when he was gone terror troubled rusty's heart so that he thought ah oh, i made a sad mistake in trusting him to point of revealing what is in my mind perhaps this victor will betray me by taking wages from both parties or from spite at losing his job for the proverb says a servant suffering from a king dishonor after honoring though born and trained to service will be eager to destroy him still so i'll go elsewhere and wait in order to learn his purpose perhaps victor might even bring the thing along and try to kill me as the saying goes 
The trustful strong are caught by weaker foes with ease. The wary weak safe from strongest enemies. Then he set his mind in order, went elsewhere and waited all alone, spying on Victor's procedure. Meanwhile, Victor drew near to Lifely, discovered that he was a bull and reflected gleefully. Well, well, this is lucky. I shall get Rusty into my power by dangling before him war or peace with this fellow. As the proverb puts it, all counselors draw profit from a king in worries bent, and that is why they always wish for him embarrassment. And as men in health require no drug, they're eager to restore, so kings relieved of worry seek their counselors no more. With these thoughts in mind, he returned to meet Rusty. And Rusty, seeing him coming, assumed his former attitude in an effort to put a good face on the matter. So when Victor had come near, had bowed low and seated himself, Rusty said, My good fellow, did you see the creature? I saw him, said Victor, through my master's grace. Are you telling the truth? asked Rusty. And Victor answered, How could I report anything else to my gracious master? For the proverb says, Whoever makes before a king small statements but untrue brings certain ruin on his gods and on his teacher too. And again, the king incarnates all the gods, so sing the sages old, then treat him like the gods to him, that nothing false be told. And once again, the king incarnates all the gods, yet with a difference, he pays for good or ill at once, the gods a lifetime hence. Yes, said Rusty, I suppose you really did see him. The great do not become angry with the mean, as the proverb says, the hurricane innocuous passes over feeble lowly bending grasses, but tears and lofty trees, the great, their prowess greatly demonstrate. And Victor replied, I knew beforehand that my master would speak thus, so why waste words? I will bring the creature into my gracious master's presence. And when Rusty heard this, joy overspread his lotus face, and his mind felt supreme satisfaction. Meanwhile, Victor returned and called reproachfully to Lively. Come here, you villainous bull. Come here. Our master Rusty asks you. Our master Rusty asks you are not afraid to keep up this meaningless billowing? And Lively answered, My good fellow, who is this person named Rusty? What? said Victor. You do not even know our master Rusty. And he continued with indignation. The consequences will teach you. He is a retinue of all kinds of animals. He dwells beside the spreading banyan tree. His heart is high with pride. He is lord of life and wealth. His name is Rusty. He is a mighty lion. When Lively heard this, he thought himself as good as dead, and he fell into deep dejection, saying, My dear fellow, you appear to be sympathetic and eloquent. If you cannot avoid conducting me there, pray cause the master to grant me gracious safe conduct. You are quite right, said Victor. Your request shows savoir faire. For the earth has a limit, the mountains the sea, the deep thoughts of kings are without boundary. Do you then remain in this spot? Later, when I have held him to an agreement, I will conduct you to him. Then Victor returned to Rusty and said, Master, he is no ordinary creature. He has served as a vehicle of blessed Shiva. And when I questioned him, he said, Great Shiva, 
was satisfied with me and bade me crop the grass beside Jamuna. Why make a story of it? The blessed one has given me this forest as a playground. At this, Rusty was frightened and he said, I knew it, I knew it. Only by special favor of gods do creatures wander in wild wood, billowing like that and fearlessly cropping the grass. But what did you say? Master, said Victor. I said, the forest is the domain of Rusty, vehicle of Shiva's passionate wife. Hence you come as a guest, you must meet him, must spend your time in brotherly love, must eat, drink, work, play, and make your home with him. All this he promised, adding, you must make your master grant me a safe conduct. As to that, the master is the sole judge. At this, Rusty was delighted and said, Splendid, my intelligent servant, splendid. You must have taken counsel with my own heart before speaking. I grant him a safe conduct. You must hasten to conduct him here, but not until he too has bound himself by the oath toward me. Yes, there is a sound sense in the saying, polished, fully dusted, sturdy too, and straight are the pillars proper to a house or state. Again, wit is shown in hours of crisis, doctors wit in sore disease, counselors in patching friendship, all are wise in hours of ease. Now Victor thought I set out to meet lively. Well, well, the master is gracious to me and ready to do my bidding. So there is none more blessed than I. For four things are nectar, milky food, a fire in chilly weather, an honor granted by the king, and loved ones come together. So he found lively and said respectfully, My friend, I won the old master's favor for you and made him give you a safe conduct. You must go without anxiety. Still, though you have favor in the eyes of the king, you must act in agreement with me. You must not play the haughty master. I, for my part, in alliance with you, will take the role of counselor and bear the whole burden of administration. We shall both enjoy royal affluence, for a sinful chase yet man can stalk the treasures of the crown. One starts the quarry from its lyre, another strikes its town. And again, whoever is too haughty to pay king's retainer's honor due will find his feet are tottering, so merchant's strong tooth with the king. How is that? asked Lively. And Victor told the story of Merchant Strong too.